0: All right, if you have your Bibles, see if you can make your way over to Romans, book of Romans. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. We're going to go to verse 28. Romans chapter 8. We're going to go to verse 28, and the Bible says... And we know, everybody say no, that all things, everybody say all, work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. Father, for the next few moments here tonight, I ask you to just use me as a mouthpiece for the Holy Ghost. Give us, O God, I pray, the spiritual ears to hear your voice in this Word tonight. Give us the spiritual eyes to see the path as you lay it out before us. And, Lord, give us the godly wisdom we need to walk in that path, and we'll give you the thanks and the praise and the glory that you and you alone are due. And everybody said, in Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. The title of the message tonight is, For We Know. Amen. Amen. We know. Praise God. The Bible says we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. So we're going to take a a, a close look at some things here tonight as we generally do. Do you love the Lord? Everybody just about Everybody just about in the world would answer that question the same way, as far as I know. Certainly everybody that claims to be a Christian, that word being a Christian. But let me tell you something, folks. The Word of God gives an answer to every question. The Word of God does not just send you out there hanging in midair. It even tells you how to tell if you truly love God. Because the Bible said, well, let me ask you a question. See, you believe you love God. Is that right? Well, the Bible says this. These signs shall follow them that believe. And so I want you to understand something tonight. There is a sign, there are signs that will follow you if you love God. There's going to be signs of it. Here's what Jesus said about it. You know, i got a sign right out there at the road that says this. Do you love Jesus? Do you love the Lord? And, of course, everybody that drives by is going to answer the question. Well, yes, I do love him. He's just my hero, and we just sing Kumbaya all the time. Why, dear God, I've even been to church twice this year already. And it's only me. How's that for commitment? I put under that, right under there, I said, well, let's see what the Lord said about it. The Word of God says, Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. No, no, no. I'm not talking about the Ten Commandments, which are just whoopity-doo. I'm not talking about them Ten Commandments. What about them other 10,000 commandments in the Word of God? The whole Word of God is not a suggestion book, folks. The entire Bible is a commandment. This whole thing is a commandment. These ain't suggestions. These are commands, including the covenant. He says, "...and they have forsaken my covenant." They have transgressed the covenant which I commanded them. Even the covenant we're in is a commandment. You are commanded to be in covenant with God. You're commanded to be in covenant with Him. How can He command you to be in covenant with Him? Cause He's the one that made you. And buddy, let me tell you something. You got a choice. You either get in commandment with Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the King of Kings, Lord of Lords, God of all creation, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, by the time you die, or you will be in hell for eternity. There's your two choices. There is no other choice. He said, if you love me, prove it. He gave you a benchmark. If you love me, keep my commandments. For he that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. See, it don't matter how you see it. It don't matter how I see it. It don't matter what you think. It don't matter what I think. What matters is, what does he say about it? Because he ain't thinking nothing. God knows. They ain't no thinking to it. You and I think God knows. So what I want to talk to you tonight about is there are some things that we absolutely have to know. And when you get a hold of this walk, and I mean the kind of walk I'm talking about, the kind of walk I talk about here every time we have a church service, every time I get in this Bible, the walk I'm talking about right here, this walk, because there ain't no other walk. When you get into this walk and you're living this walk right here, you're keeping all His commandments and you do love Him, and you are chastening yourself, and you are keeping yourself in this path, and you are following His Word and His instruction, seeking Him with all your heart, all your might, and all your strength, then in that instant, you can know that no matter what's going on, no matter what's happening, that everything in your life that's going on is working together for your good. Because it's saying it ain't talking about somebody else. It's not talking about working good for somebody else. It's working good for you. Work together for the good to them That love God. See? So, now let me tell you this. Even if it is working for someone else's good, that's to your credit. It's still working together for your good because you doing something for somebody else is good for you. Give and it shall be given. What do you think you're in this for? Because you all that. You ain't never been all that. What well, makes you think you're going to start now? But you know why you're in this? Because God needed to make an example out of you. There ain't another you anywhere on the earth. There's not another you. There's only one you. There may be some kind of like you, but there's only one you. But there's somebody somewhere, or a whole lot of somebodies in some cases, that need to see you. They need to see somebody that used to be where they're at. And that may be from back in your hellion days. That may be back from your beginning in the church days. That may be back in the days where you came and stepped up to the next level or the next level or the next level or to the last church you left or you came here. They need to see you're in the same trap that you was in, that they're in, and that you came out from that, and that you have gone beyond where you used to be. And that things changed in your life. And that things are better now in your life. That don't mean better financially. I'm not nearly as good off financially as I once was right now. But I'm going to tell you, my readiness to meet Jesus is a whole lot better. Oh, yeah. I love Jesus. Jesus. In every day of my life's a battle, because I love Jesus. Now a lot of people say <laughs> well, it ain't coming up roses in my life because I love Jesus. Why well, is everything so good, Sister Rosie, because I just love Jesus? They need to meet the real Jesus. Cause I'll tell you how Jesus said it. Broad is the way that leadeth unto destruction, and many there be that go in thereat. Come on, sister, with the rest of that. Cause you remember, you remember what that next part is, right? Come on, what say? What what? All right, see, there's the verse. There's where I was looking for. You see what I mean? Now, did you know that before you came here? Have you ever seen that? But see how important that is? Broad is the way that leadeth unto destruction, and many there go in there at because. People miss that word. But it's a big word. That's a heavy hitter in that whole thing right there because straight is the gate and narrow is the way. That's why there's so many people going in the other way. That's why the gate has to be so wide. The Bible says hell enlarges itself, and that gate's making itself wider too, and that path's getting wider all the time. If you think that devil... Let me tell you something. That devil's got more road construction going on than... Tom Ball, Texas, and Houston combined, buddy. He's continually putting bigger bridges. He's continually widening the road and making it smoother and putting the speed limit signs up higher and higher. You think the autobahn fast. He got the devil bond. million mile an hour. And he's trying his best to put you in a rocket ship. Fast track you right on into hell with him. You with me tonight? We ain't even started yet. How in the world these things end up as 12 part series, I'll never know. Because, all that's so wide, because straight is the gate, narrow is the way that leadeth unto life. Because it's so straight. Because it's so narrow, everybody goes the other way, and they have to make that road wider. I notice we ain't got no road widening going on out in front of the church here. Have you noticed that? Ain't got no road widening going on out here in front of the church. I hadn't seen no plans come across anybody saying, Dear God, you know, that church over on 304 growing so that gum fast. Boy, we're going to have to get something going on around here because we're afraid the people at Renaissance ain't going to be able to get to the Renaissance, man, because all that traffic jam over at uh, Change of Life Pentecostal. (laughs) Man, we better get over there. We better get over and set our tents up two weeks ahead of time, dear God, for here come a service. Lord, we get over. Come on, stand in line now. Man, they're only charging $200 a ticket to get in there? Dear God, I want 12 of them. Buy 12 of them, honey. Get some extras just in case some of our friends do make it from Jerusalem or wherever they're coming from. What's all them crazy teenagers doing running up down the highway while they're hitchhiking over to change their life? You know what I saw the other day? Some stragglers was leaving out, I guess Monday or Tuesday even. I mean, and I saw it was a sad thing. Pretty young woman and this young guy had their backpacks on and hitchhiking. How much was them tickets? The cheap seats was $200. $200 $200 apiece, $400 they paid, hitchhiked to this place or rode with somebody and had to hitchhike and leave, did not even own a car, but you can afford $400 to come to a Mickey Mouse, lame idiot, Stupid fest. Not to mention everything it cost them there. <sighs> Crazy. It was sad. I mean, it almost brought a tear to my eye. I ain't kidding you. Thought to myself, boy, devil. You have got these people so screwed up. You could have took that $400 and you could have gone, you could, man, you know what? You can buy a car for $400 these days. Yeah, I mean, buddy, you can go in, you can, you can, you can make things happen if you got a will to do it. You can make things happen. He could have stayed home this weekend and said, honey, listen, I know we'd like to go. We can't, we can't afford it. And let me tell you something. People talking about apartment, and I've heard a lot of them talk about I've told a bunch of them, haven't nice I, sister? That, look, don't you go get you no apartment. You ain't got no car. You're out of your mind. You buy you a vehicle, man. You get you a vehicle because you can live in a vehicle, but you can't drive an apartment. A vehicle to get you to work, get you to some food, get you wherever you need to go. And you can park that sucker in the ditch somewhere, park it in the woods somewhere, park it at a Walmart somewhere, and you can live in that. But you gonna spend four hundred dollars to go to some crazy nonsense thing like this when you ain't even got a drive you, you ain't even got a car. Absolutely blows my mind. There you go. It ain't free because somebody paid for the radio. But it's sure freer than that was. Yes, sir. For we know. And let me tell you something, folks. We need to know. We need to know and be assured. Now, so let me ask you, what is Romans 8, 28? What is that? You know what Romans 8, 28 is? It is the end of result of the process of revelation romans 8:28 is the end result of the process of revelation because until you truly understand the word of god and you truly understand who and what He is, and how real this Word is, and all those things that go along with this Word, until you truly understand it, you don't understand, nor does Romans 8.28 apply to you. You cannot truly understand Romans 8.28, nor does it apply to you if you do not know the real Jesus, and if you do not know His Word, and you do not understand this walk you cannot truly know Romans 8:28 because until you get to this place let me tell you something knowledge is something that's increased knowledge is the knowing of something see Revelation, which is the revealed word, something being revealed to you is the revelation. It's a revealed word, is the revelation of the word. It's the revealed word. This knowing is the end result of the revelation of this word it is because of our knowledge of god and his word that has brought the revealed conclusion of romans 8:28 do you understand it's because of the knowledge of this Word, which is the knowing of it. It's because of the knowledge of His Word, the knowing of His Word, that I can truly understand Romans 8 and 28 and that it applies to me. Because if you don't understand this word, you can't know it. You can't know that everything applies to you, that 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 applies to you. You can't know it. You can think it, but you can't know it. Because for one thing, let me just give you a small example of that. For one thing, who does it apply to? Who does Romans 8.28 apply to? Break it down. What? What? Wait, wait, wait. What? Okay. I'm asking you a question. Before you came here, before you came to this church, did you love God? For those of you on tape and on the CD, that cricket sound you hear is because we're on a camping trip now. Yeah. You can hear Kumbaya in the background. It's people in the next camp. You see what I mean by knowing? See, what happens is... You thought you knew. You did have what you considered to be a love for God, but you didn't have all the information. You got to know Jesus before you can love Him. Who you was in love with was your idea of God. But before you can love God, you gotta know God. Before you can love Jesus, you got to know Jesus. And you're getting to know Him more and more all the time. It's like that old man that used to be a show on years ago called To Tell the Truth. And at the end of it, man, they say, would the real so-and-so please stand up? And, man, sometimes it'd throw you for a loop. You're like, you've got to be kidding me. Last one you thought, all the lies they was telling lies, they, they all tried to say, yeah, hi, I'm so-and-so. And then the next guy would stand up and say, hi, I'm so-and-so. And then they'd ask him a bunch of questions throughout the show, and then at the end you'd have to guess which one of them really was that person. Boy, I'm going to tell you, if Jesus played that game, everybody on this planet would lose it, except for just a very few but you're learning more and more about this Jesus that it is we serve, praise God. And now you can truly say, because you've got enough revelation in this Word, you've got enough revealed Word in here to where you can truly say, yes, I love Him. But you see, before it was revealed to you, who you loved was your idea of who He was. But there's a bunch of people that only love that Jesus. You've seen it time and time again. When you bring them here, they don't leave because they don't like you. They don't leave because they don't like me. You know why they leave? Because they don't like the real Jesus. And if it is the real Jesus, they don't want nothing to do with Him. But they point at me because I'm one telling them about it. So I'm the cult leader, see? I'm the Kool-Aid boy. But the deal is, Jesus said, they hate you because of me. Jesus said it how it is. Before they hated you, they hated me. And they hate you because of me. And that's why they hate me can they hate me? They don't even know me. They hate me because of what I'm talking about. They hate me because of what I'm preaching. They hate me because what I'm preaching tells them what they're following is a lie from hell and that they're headed toward hell. And they don't want to hear that because some rich people told them they're headed for heaven and I'm going to listen to that. Who are you going to believe? And that's exactly what that devil's telling them. Oh dear God. Half God said, I mean, come on, man. You going to believe that country butter bean bumpkin over there? Are you going to believe? Now, look at him. Poor fella ain't got two sticks to rub together. Dear God, you going to believe that nut? Look at him. It's pathetic. Dear God. You kidding me? You going to believe that guy? Look at that. Church building, dear God, what is that, under 5,000 square feet? Oh, my God. How many people's in your church, first thing you're going to hear? First thing they ask. Yeah. You say, uh, how many people's in the church? You know what I tell them? One more with you. Folks, people miss so much by so little. You know what? (laughs) How many times have you seen in this church (laughs) where everything, everything that just went on in your mind that night happened over sometimes just one word, one word in the Bible? opened up an entire, an entire plethora of stuff. One word. So much hangs on one word sometimes. How in the world can you change the word of God? Because if you let somebody change the word of God, if you start changing the word of God and you get away from the King James Bible, this stuff don't work. Let me tell you, It works in the King James, and it works front to back, top to bottom, side to side. Never contradicts itself, and it's always, always bearing witness with itself, just like that. So we're going to talk about knowing and knowledge. Here we go. Brother Edward. Job 19, 23 through 27, please. I'm going to give you all a bunch of scriptures. You all ready? Sister Hoffman, Jeremiah 31 and 34. 31 verse 34. Uh, Sister Sandra, Hebrews 8 and 11. 31, 34. Sister Sandra, Hebrews eight eleven. Sister Erica, 1 Peter 1, 7. Brother, uh, brother, Jay. James one, verse two and three. Okay, go ahead. Come on, brother Edward. Twenty three to twenty seven. Listen carefully. He said, "Oh, that my words were now written. Oh, that they were printed in a book." Come on, there's Job's already been in this for a while. Now he's going through going through some very difficult times. Go ahead. If they were with an iron pen. Yes, if they were graving with an iron <laughs> pen. Come on. Oh yes, come on. For I know my oh yeah, see? Here's Job saying, "Man, and you know what? He never had any idea that they were going to be graving in a rock. Amen. That they were going to be pinned. By the Almighty God. They were going to be in the Word of God for all generations to the end of time. He had no idea. And let me tell you something. Let me just drop a thought in your mind tonight. Praise God. You need to understand Job had no idea. Hush, Oh, Job had no idea, man, that what he was going through at that time. But it was hard. It was tough. Man, how in the world could God do this to Job? How in the world could God do this to to such a great man, such a perfect man? Let me tell you, buddy, it had nothing to do with Job. But how many millions of people through the years have been in the valley with God? And man, God, just everything going wrong and everything just destroyed in their life. Yet they were able to look at the servant Job and what he went through. He said these words, Have you considered uh, my servant Job? Oh, listen, church, tonight. He said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? But since that time, how many Thousands upon thousands of times has Jesus been able to speak those exact words to thousands upon thousands, if not millions of people who were in the valley of despair, the valley of indecision, ready to kill themselves, ready to just give it up, ready to throw the towel in, ready to lay down this walk. And Jesus said... When they were saying, God, I can't do it. I can't go another step, Lord. I don't know what I've done, God, but I can't do it. And he was able to say those words once again from a whole new place. Wait a minute. Put that gun down. I'm not done with you yet. Have you considered my servant Job? Have you considered what happened after he went through the fire? Have you considered that after you have suffered a while, hallelujah, that the Lord will establish, strengthen, and settle you? Huh. You see, Job's life is one of the greatest testimonies that has ever been because it's one of the most difficult things anyone's ever been through in this life. And if he had not gone through it, if he, now let me ask you this. What would have happened if he wouldn't have endured? What would have happened if he would have quit? What would have happened if he would have killed himself? What would have happened if God had not seen it through to the end? Remember, he told the devil, you can't kill him. You can't do it. And when it got to be enough where Job could not go any further, just like it will be with you and me and everybody else, Jesus stepped in and said, it is enough. It's enough. Let me tell you something. Come on, somebody clap. It's all right. We're a Pentecostal church. Praise God. Somebody think we'd have walked up to Lutheran church here or something. Let me tell you something tonight, church. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you ever go through, there will be a place where God will say, it is enough. It is enough. The devil cannot go any further than God allows him to go. Let me tell you something, folks. Listen carefully. Listen carefully with that same word right there. You need to understand something. That's to those that's in covenant with him. You ain't in covenant with him. That devil can go as far as he wants to with you. Don't you think for one minute that devil can't kill you? The devil can kill you because if he couldn't kill you, the Lord would not have told him only you can't kill him. You can't kill him. That tells you right there. He does have the power to kill you. Come on, brother. I know that my Redeemer liveth. He shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. Don't you ever let anybody tell you. I'm just going to drop some side notes in here as we go along because you know that's the way I do things. Let me tell you something. When they say, Lo, he's here or Jesus is over here or Jesus is over there, or, Jesus has come back, Jesus this and that and other. He's over in the desert. He's over here. He's bouncing fireballs off the wall. He's raising the dead. He's doing this. Oh, no, he ain't. Oh, no, he ain't. Because let me tell you something, buddy. Jesus' feet ain't gonna touch this earth until he steps on the Mount of Olives. That's where Jesus is gonna be. Don't you ever let nobody tell you any anything otherwise that's the word of God. And we we that are alive and remain, and we're going through this. There ain't no pre trib, there ain't no mid trib rapture, it's post trib, it's at the end. At the latter day, the last day, praise God, the last trump of God. But when he comes, when you see him, it ain't going to be on this earth. We're going to rise up and meet him in the air. And then, We're coming right back with him right there, right then. We're going to rise up and come back in, in victory right there with him. Okay, come on. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, yet in my flesh shall I see God. (laughs) though my reins be consumed within me. Oh, church, I tell you right now, you're going to go through a lot of fires between now and then. And I know that, man, there's many of you that's already been through a bunch of them, and I know I have myself, and and I know that there's coming some rough times on this earth. And I'm going to tell you there's been a time when I felt like my, my reins were consumed within me. Yet I can say what Job said because I know the Word of God is true. In my flesh shall I see God. I'm going to see Him. Is that it, brother? Thank you. All right, Jeremiah 31, 34, come on. Amen. Know the Lord. Praise God. That's a whole other message in itself right there. I could take off on a deer trail right there and be gone for nine, nine weeks. Amen. Now, no, notice something right here. You see, Job said... All that that was going on, how in the world did he hang on? How in the world could he have possibly hung on? He was telling you how he hung on. Though my reins be consumed within me, he said, I know my Redeemer liveth. I know my Redeemer liveth. Come on. His reins. his control. He had no control. He was dead. Everything he had was turned upside down. His reins were consumed within him. Everything he had was lost. Everything he had, he had no control over anything. Everything, he asked many times to the Lord. He said, many times. He said, man, he said, what? What have I done, Lord? He said, "Man, everything, everything is is against me. Everyone's against me. The whole world, everything that I have, everything, everyone around me is is against me." Amen. And he said, "Lord, what have I done?" But read that part right there where he said, "My reins are consumed within me." Who's got it? Come on, brother, read that again. Listen. Amen. Watch this. For I know that my Redeemer liveth, and he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. Okay, and though after my skin worms destroy this body, in my flesh shall I see God. And I shall see him for myself. Okay, and though my reins, okay, a kidney or see, our, our organ, the mind, see his mind's right there as the interior self, kidneys. In other words, his ability, everything within him, his ability, ability to function, his ability to, to make choices and thoughts, everything within him, all was consumed within him. Everything within him was consumed. He was all consumed. Amen. His ability to do anything, make any choices, make decisions, all that was consumed within him. Everything in him was consumed. His ability to do anything and the ability to even live, though those things were consumed. Within him. Amen. He would still, still see his God. Amen. Understand? Okay, praise God. Now, okay, Hebrews 8, 11. Come on. Amen. Amen. In that last day, all that's going to be over with. What's he talking about? Know the Lord. What's it talking about? Know the Lord right there. Husband and wife. Bible says Adam knew Eve and brought forth a son. What does that mean? It's procreation. That's that intimate connection. Adam knew Eve, his wife. Get the picture? That's the intimate relation that they had. He knew Eve, and she brought forth a Son. That's the knowledge. That's the knowing it's talking about. Remember when he said, he said, now listen, listen carefully. What What does the knowing do? Well, not only does the knowing expose you to every part of that person, it's the intimate that's something that no one else has access to but your spouse. Supposed to be that way. And the result of that is multiplication. Multiplication. That's what that's for. Multiplication. He said, "Be fruitful and multiply." Is that what he said? Okay. So, remember in in the Bible where it said, "Many will say unto me unto that day, in that day, have we not done great and mighty works, and have we not cast out devils, and done many miracles and miraculous works in your name?'" Well, they weren't lying. They were talking to Jesus. They weren't telling him a lie. But here's the deal. He said, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. Some instances, it was people that were ever searching and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth, the knowing of it. Some... had a form of godliness, but denied the power thereof. The power is in the name. The power is the Holy Ghost. The power is in purity. The power is in holiness. That's where the power comes from, all of those things. So, as I said before, if somebody ever got in Pentecost, did you know they nobody ever left it that ever had it? That's a fact. Bless you. Because if they ever truly, really had it, they'll never leave it. They ain't going to never leave it. And if they ever do leave it, they never really had it. Anyone that was truly in this church is still in it today. Now, there's a bunch of them come through here that ain't here no more. But they were the ones that were seemed like you just had to force them to come every time they came. Every now and then they'd come in good and come in good, go good. They'd go good for a little while. But then something would happen and right out the door they'd go or they'd miss church or this or that or the other. And you had to constantly... Constantly pulling and tugging. And then, all of a sudden, one day, they were gone. Why? Because they never really got in. Once you get in this, no one could drag you out of here. Am I right, Sister Young? Wasn't easy for you though, was it? Mean old preacher up there, talking all that smack, man. Made me throw all my clothes out, all kind of stuff, and crazy nut. Throw my makeup out, man. I don't what's wrong with this nut. Once you get a hold of this, once you get a hold of this thing, you you ain't going nowhere. You ain't going nowhere. No, man, you ain't. Go, you just can't get away from it because you know what? No matter where you go. No matter where you go, you ain't gonna find this. You ain't gonna find it. I don't care where you go, you ain't gonna find it. Because it's that rare. And it ain't gonna take you long if you go somewhere else to sit down and you like <sighs> Been here nine weeks. I learned more in that church in plannersville in three minutes than I've learned in nine weeks here. You, When you sit down and the preacher's been preaching for 20 years and you say, dear God, man, I need to teach you some Bible. Man, I'm not tooting my horn because I'll tell you, I'm just two in two toolbox, folks. But I'm going to tell you, what's right is right. And I mean, when you get a hold of it, it's good stuff, man. This is good stuff. And you know what? <laughs> you don't realize sometimes how much we do get until you hear somebody else talking. And you're like, and it's a preacher. And you're like, oh my God, what? Man, I used to think he was all that. I used to think you really knew this. Man, what? It helps you see because now you see clearer. Mm-mm-mm. Amen. Okay. Okay, come on. First Peter one seven, please. Who's got that? Okay, so now we talked about this recently. Here comes the test. So what's more precious than gold? Uh, hold on. What's more precious than gold, right there? Uh, uh, wait, let me see. Come on, brother, brother, my. What's more precious than gold right there? Yeah. What was that? That's right. So, which is it? Is it the, the faith that's more precious than gold? This is not that show where you answer the question, uh, answer it with a question. You don't have to put it in the form of a formal question here. Yeah, this is not jeopardy even though you are in jeopardy at this point. It's not the faith that is more precious than gold because of the way it's worded, it is the trial of your faith which is more precious than of gold. So being of gold right there is talking about the trial of faith is More precious than the trial of gold, because both are tried in the fire. Though it be tried with fire. See? Okay, who's got that next scripture? who got the next scripture, which is James 1, verse 2 and 3. Okay, now hold on. Now see now see, this is the kind of stuff right here where I'm talking about. This is the kind of stuff right here where you got to where you gotta know some Bible. This is why you gotta know some Bible right here. Because without this, without knowing some of this word, without knowing, without getting the revelation of this word, without learning the word, without knowing the real Jesus, without knowing what his word says, truly understanding it, amen. You can't never get this part right here. You can't get this part right here. You can't understand what he's talking about here in James 1, verse 2 and 3. Listen to what he says. This is, this, this is what the Word of God says. Come on. Brethren, count it all joy. He said, brethren, count it all joy. In other words, be happy. Count it as joy when you fall into diverse temptations. In other words, many different temptations of all types. He said, count it as joy man this is this is jo- a joyous thing amen count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations come on man okay okay <laughs> here we go <clears throat> now listen carefully listen carefully count it all joy Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Well, how in the world could you count it all joy? He said, you count it all joy knowing this. Knowing this. Okay, knowing what? Knowing what? That the trying of your faith. See, it ain't you that's on trial. It's your faith that's on trial. It ain't you that's being tried. It's your faith that's being tried. How much do you trust God? How much do you believe the Word of God? Everybody says they believe. Everybody says they love Jesus. Everybody says they trust Him. But do you really? Well, you know what? That's why you need to know the Word of God because knowing the Word of God will help you to understand, praise God, that He is not going to ever leave you nor forsake you. Amen. But that doesn't apply to everybody. It applies to the people that are in covenant with Him. Amen. And when you know what God expects from you and you truly know what you're doing is what He says you need to do, then you can know that the trying of your faith worketh patience. When you know the word of God, if you don't know that's in there, how you gonna know that it's all good? It's all good. You ever heard somebody say that? They don't even know what the heck they're saying. And they have no idea that come from the Bible. Did you know most sayings in the world before all this nonsense, crazy generations we got now? Most sayings came from the Word of God. Most famous sayings come from the Bible. It's all good. That comes from Romans eight twenty eight. I'm blown up. It's all good. Because the Bible said it's good, but it ain't good for everybody. It's only good for the ones that's in covenant with Him. It's only good for the people that are in covenant with Him because this word right here, see, the world likes to take that stuff and use it. They're thieves. That's thievery. You can't use this word if you ain't part of this walk. If you ain't married to Him, put the book down, back away from it. Because it's not for you. If you ain't married to Him, this word's not to you. The Bible says, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. And if you ain't married to him, pardon me, you ain't the church. Remember, you don't join the church to become the bride. You become the It ain't the bride-to-be. It's the married wife. The bride is the married wife. You become the bride to become the church. You marry into this. This is royalty we're talking about here. Royalty. Okay, so... So, as he was saying... And I'll give it since he left. Left me here by myself. It's okay, Lord, forgive him, for he knows not what he did. (laughs) My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. And he said, count it joy knowing this, that the trying of your faith Worketh patience. See? You can count it joy when you know that it's got to happen that way. How many times have you ever been in a situation? Now, I know not you, Brother Quick. You've never been in those situations where you had to wait on the Lord. and No, you've never been in a situation like that. But for everybody else on the planet, Amen. That's been in them situations where they're walking through the valley for three or four days or three or four years or Yeah. Uh, and you And you know what helps you go through that? What helps you go through it? What helps you hold on? Why don't you just pull the trigger, man? What helps you go through it? Okay, so what, what kind of scripture if you're going through the desert if you're going through the desert give me a scripture that helps you hold on okay but now what if you ain't got your bible in your hand at the moment okay okay that's one of the greatest ones you'll ever hold on to right there come on but well, what's the what's the part of it what's the part of it that helps you hold on right there brother don't turn to it, just give it to me. Okay. Okay. But now here here here's the somebody give me somebody give it to me. Come on, brother. For we for we know. Okay, there's the key. That's the key. For we know that all Things work together for the good to them that love God, and those who are called according to his purpose, okay? That's a great scripture for that. Somebody give me another scripture, okay? Man, you're you're doing things for Jesus, man, you're you're living for God, man, and everything just keeps blowing up. Dear God, you're going through the valley, from the valley to the desert, from the desert to the wilderness, from the wilderness back to the valley, it just seems like you man, you're lost in the wilderness. You're lost in the desert, dear God. I'm man, I'd have jumped out the frying pan into the fire, man. What the heck going on? on around here. Okay, somebody, come on. Tell me some Scripture. Come on. Don't start nothing to be playing with me. I, now, I don't need no 12 of you together. I want the Scripture to keep you going. What you going to say? Well, I upon the Lord. Dear God, there it is. That'll make you commit suicide. What you talking about? I want something keeping you alive, not something make you crack yourself in the head with a stick. Come on. No, no, but to... all right, John. Okay, John. Come on, what? There's another scripture. What? What? He... Give me the scripture. What do he say? I will never leave thee, what? Nor forsake thee. Okay. All right. There's a good one. Sister Terry's over there. She's. To... It's okay. I'm praying. Lord, don't help her. Help her not to commit suicide, Lord. What? Don't be. Come on. Well, praise God, you're gonna live after all, ain't you? Praise God, you didn't get it quite right, but you got it real close, amen. And that's enough to keep you from pulling the trigger, ain't it? Praise God. Okay, all right. So come on, Some, somebody have to give me give me another scripture. Come on. You had to pick up a little bit because I'm over, I'm suicidal. Remember, you kept you having me hold on over here. I almost killed myself right there with Sister Tara. Praise God, the Lord came through though. <laughs> Boom! It's too, but it's too late. Okay, come on. Somebody give me a scripture. Come on, Sister Erica. Yeah. Meanwhile, I've jumped off the bridge. Now I'm already. I'm. I've jumped off the Golden Gate Bridge. I ain't even going. We ain't getting off on all that stuff. I don't need no. No. I don't need no bridge lesson tonight. Okay. Listen. Listen. Come on. Listen. What? What do you eat in the house of God? No weapon formed against me shall prosper, except for that, what you're chewing on right there. Amen. All right, now, come on, somebody, somebody, there's a, there's a bunch of, huh? There you go, that's another good one right there. It's a good one, sis. Praise God. Come on, somebody, come on. Very good. That's a good scripture. Praise God. See, these are these are keep you going scriptures. Come on. Somebody else. Come on. That's good because it calls you to come unto Him in prayer. Okay, that's good. Come on. Come on. Somebody else. Come on. Come on. That's good. That ain't the one I'm looking for. Exactly that woman. That woman ain't got no chance. Yeah. Okay. But that's a good one. Praise God. Beloved, thank you not strange if fire trials is try You saw some strange thing happen unto you. You're going to go through the fire. You know that. Amen. So those things help you hold on. But somebody, come on, give me the scripture I'm looking for. Man, I can't even get, I can't get past this because somebody gives me the scripture. What? No, that's a good one, though. No, you cannot. Come on. Come on, brother. You know it. It's on the tip of your tongue right now. Look deep in that mind back there, brother. Come on. Boy, that's a good one. That's a good one right there, man. I'm going to let you off the hook for that last nonsense you came up with. Amen. That's good, though. That's good. That's a good scripture right there. Praise God. Come on, brother. You got something for me? Treat me good now. Come on. That's good. That's good right there, too. Well, y'all got some good scriptures tonight. This is good stuff. You know. You know. Boy, see how that feels. Wasn't that good? Yeah, it did. Yeah, been waiting on that moment for a while. Amen. Come on, Sister Rosie. You know you got it on the tip of your tongue. What? What? Well, that's good that your redeemer liveth, but but, but I want to live too. I mean, he's alive. He ain't got no problem I got. Yeah, I want to live too. I need to. I need to hang with him. Amen. No, yeah, I'm gonna make y'all feel plumb silly here in just about one second. That's a good one. No, no, but that's that's not wouldn't that apply to this. Nope. <laughs> I know what y'all saying right now. Lord, if you considered your servant pastor up there, could you just gonna take him out right now? Every one of you know it. That's the sad thing about it. Okay, let me drop it down let me drop it down to you. I'm not gonna give it to you, I'm gonna just get listen to me. I'm living for God doing what i'm supposed to do but that man everything's blowed up my life is blowed up things keep blowing up man how am i gonna keep going how am i gonna keep plowing how in the world how can i keep from destroying my how can i keep from quitting how can i not quit i mean man this is what job's going through There it is. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Galatians 6 and 9. Amen. Be ye not weary in well-doing, for in due season ye shall reap if ye faint not. Oh, I knew John would come in. I knew John would come in at the last i could have I could have even written that down right there before she said it, yeah, thou knowest altogether thou knowest that I don't knowest, so why askest thou me something that I know not, yes. The Lord knowest. Amen. Okay, but you know what? You see what just happened right there. You see what just happened right there. Look at all the scripture you just throwed out there right there. Hush, mama. Woo! Hallelujah! That's what I'm talking about. That's the difference. Did you know all that stuff? You see, see, see how equipped you are. Not only are you equipped, but you're even more equipped now. Cause every scripture they've been, you know them. But now, praise God, you just had an opportunity to see where they're applied at. The next fire you go through, every one of them scriptures you just heard gonna pop. It's gonna fly in the face of that devil. Every scripture that was just mentioned right there is gonna come back to your mind. Oh no, you ain't devil. Oh, no, you ain't, devil. But all them scriptures going to come up because you're going to know this is the place you use them at. This is the place it's supposed to happen at. Whenever that devil tries to say it's all over for you now, say, oh, yeah, check this, devil. <laughs> and them 27 scriptures you pull out going to beat him like a drum. Amen. See why you need to know the Word of God? But look how many scriptures y'all just came up with just like that. And that's why you need the whole body. That's why you need the whole body right there. Because even when you got a scripture or two, and you're thinking, Man, <laughs> I need more than what a God. I got. Need more than what I got. And you get on that phone instead of trying to navigate your way through the desert, amen. Bible said he sent him out two, but two, praise God. Woe unto him who is alone when he falleth? Praise God, when you fall, buddy, you need to grab a hold of somebody and, praise God, I mean latch on to him, dear God. Look, if you was hanging off a cliff for your dear life, buddy, you wouldn't be worried about calling somebody. You wouldn't be worried about troubling somebody. You'd be reaching to save your life. Can I buy an amen? How much does one cost? Man, I wouldn't even pay a nickel for that. Was that man, that was, some, that was some weak amens right there, and that cost me something? All right, ready? Amen. 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 That's pretty sad right there. <laughs> oh, yeah. That poor fella! Like it took every ounce of energy he had in him to get them two hands together. I think he's really born out of time, because that's how we used to clap in the '60s. We had a reason for it then. He don't have no reason for it today. (laughs) That laughing in the background comes from. Somebody else that was born out of time. (laughs) She says, and I know, I know. Amen. All right. Praise God. His word having come to pass, time and time again has proven His Word to be true. It has proven Him. The Bible says, And these signs shall follow them that believe. And church, when you see God's Word work time and time again. Buddy, it gives you a confidence in that Word. And you may not even know it, but you're going to need that confidence. As we come to the end days, which we're in now, as we approach these very difficult times ahead, Buddy, you're going to need to draw on what we're talking about here tonight. You're going to need to know that you know that you know, that you know that your Redeemer liveth. You're going to need to know without a doubt that everything that's going on in your life, no matter what time it is, amen, that if you have lived for God, praise God, if you have pressed toward that mark, that no matter what comes or what goes, amen, that everything in your life is working together. you got to know that everything's working together for the good to them that love God and are called according to His purpose. How many of you know that you're called according to His purpose? Let me tell you something of an assurity. If you're in this church, you are called according to His purpose. It ain't no accident. It ain't no mistake. Now, there have been a few people that's come up in this church... that had a choice to make. But let me tell you something, folks. You can thank God that some of the people that have come up in this church are not here today. You can thank God for your pastor. You know what I mean by that? Let me drop a thought in your mind right now. Let me drop some Bible on you concerning that. You know that devil who's come to you before, and if he hasn't, he will, and say, well, how in the world, man, how in the world are you ever going to get anybody in this church? Everybody you bring, preacher runs them all fast as they come in the door. you're going to end up going to hell because that, that guy ain't going to let you win one soul in your lifetime. Huh. Let me drop a thought in your mind, brother. Did you know your pastor ain't asleep? Do I look like I'm asleep? Do I sound like I'm asleep? Did you know what? A lot of people come through those doors, but it don't take very long to figure out if they are going to be a tear. Or a wheat, okay, because if there 're tares i 'm not sleep, and the Bible said, while men slept, the enemy hath done this. The enemy sowed terrors amongst the wheat. But, buddy, when I see somebody coming through them doors, I don't care what they look like. I don't care how much money they got. I don't care how sweet they sound and how much they look like somebody I want to have in this church, how much I want to fill these seats. I'm going to preach the Word of God, and God is going to divide and separate So the ones that are not here right now because of what I preach were tares and not wheat. And praise the Lamb of God, I was not asleep when the enemy came to show them. You've been trying to get people up in here. But you know, God does take care of of his people. And what we see, (laughs) what we see sometimes is, oh, my God, how are we ever going to get anybody in church? The Lord's saying, he's looking at me. He's up there just like this. Let's see how he handles this. Now, listen here. Looks like he's got some money. Let's see how he handles this. Okay. Okay. Listen this here. Come in here. Got a ten-carat diamond on his hand. Hold on. He's got a Rolex on his arm. Let's see what he does here. Let's even get him over to his house. Let's just take him over to his house. See how he acts. And when I'm at that house. And a fellow with a 10-carat diamond on his finger and Rolex and all this money and all this stuff, knowing he's given money to preachers and pastors and all that kind of stuff through the years, bought him Cadillacs, all kinds of stuff.